Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's uh, the 28th of January. Um, we're a little over one week into the Biden administration. And boy, do we have so many things to talk about. I'm not even sure where to begin. So first, we're going to begin with a quiz question. And I'll have the answer for it right after the break. Uh, and then I do have some questions that some people have forwarded to me that I will answer, and then we'll get into what we're talking about. So let's get going, shall we? Um, to begin with, here's the question. Which person said that we don't use executive orders, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's but this is a democracy. We don't decide things. It's what a tyrant does. Executive orders. Which person said that? We'll talk about that after the break. So, the questions. First question, uh, talking about the media uh, asleep at the wheel, of course. Uh, Jen Psaki, who is the press uh, person for uh, Joe Biden, uh, President Biden, I apologize, um, had a question regarding GameStop and all the stuff that's been roiling the stock market of late. Um, I love that the this uh, program's called Robin Hood. You know, Robin Hood, of course, as you know, is you know, the the whole theory of Robin Hood, rob from the rich and give to the poor, is not really what happened at all. Robin Hood took from the government and gave to the people. So to say that he robbed from the rich, he took from the government and gave to the people, not from the rich people, although, of course, the rich people were the government. But to be clear, Robin Hood took from the government tax money collected and gave it back to the people. It's a huge difference between taking from the rich and giving to the poor. But so she, so the, the question about this and her response is very enlightening. She responded about how, well, of course you know that the Biden administration has selected the first female Treasury Secretary. And then she goes on and maybe answers the question a little bit. Um, but this is not the first time that she's done this. And I guarantee it's not going to be the last, you see, because for the people that are in the White House now, more important than competence, more important than the ability to govern, is your intersectional points. And they wear that on their sleeves. That way everybody knows who, how people rank. White female? Well, that's pretty good. Oh, transgendered white female? Oh, pfft, skyrocket. Black transgender female, they don't, I don't think there's that there. But if so, that person would be the top of the heap. That's all that matters to them is the intersectional points. Um, and so the media is going to be asleep for the next four years unless they decide to turn on Biden, which is going to lead to the second question. If they decide that uh, Joe Biden is incompetent and or is unable to uh, fulfill his duties as president, 
and Kamala Harris becomes the president. Who becomes the vice president? Well, that's actually pretty simple. Um, there is no vice president um, at the time. Uh, president Harris would uh, nominate somebody. This is what happened when, so when President Nixon, uh, Spiro Agnew, his vice president, had to resign from office. And so he nominated Gerald Ford, um, who was the, uh, I believe, the Republican minority leader. He was a Republican in the House of Representatives. Whomever the president nominates has to get a majority vote in both the House and the Senate. So obviously, uh, a a hypothetical president Harris would nominate a Democrat, obviously, and probably a progressive. Here's uh, now that's not going to have any problem in the House of Representatives getting through, but in the Senate. The Senate, without a vice president, would be a 50-50 tie. And so that nominee would have to be palatable to um, a majority of Democrats, you know, plus enough Republicans to make it 51 votes. Now... You know, that's not a slam dunk that it has to be a moderate. Because here's what here's why. Regardless, if if there is no vice president nominated and confirmed, the next person in line would be, after Kamala Harris, would be Nancy Pelosi. Now, it gets really complicated after Nancy Pelosi because then the next person in line would be the president pro tem of the Senate, which would be traditionally the senior senator from the majority party. But with the Senate split, it's hard to tell who would actually end up in that position. So there's the answer to that question. Uh, President Harris would nominate somebody to be the vice president, go through the House, go through the Senate, probably simultaneously. Um, there's no reason for him to go from one to the other. Um, and then that person would be the vice president or not. All right. Let, can we start down the list? Because there are so many things to talk about. Um Let's talk about the fact that right now Nancy Pelosi is uh, really concerned about um, violence by members of Congress on, on the floor of Congress. Now, this is ridiculous um, and completely absurd uh, that, that, uh, that she would be concerned about this. Uh, this is all, of course, is a knee-jerk reaction to what happened on January 6th. Again, uh, the position on the lib here is that if it had truly been an insurrection act, they would not have been cleared out of there Wednesday night so that the House and Senate could continue their job of confirming the electoral vote. 
Um, it would have been much more bloody. The capital may have been destroyed by explosives and hundreds or maybe even thousands dead. So to use the term insurrection uh, regarding January 6th is a lie perpetrated by the Democratic Party and the media and their and their um, collaborators in the Republican Party. But, of course, Nancy Pelosi's worried because there's a member of Congress, Republican, who said she's going to be carrying a gun. Now, of course, there's no question that, that handguns are the great equalizers, particularly for people, for women, and other people who are not big and strong and able to fight off people physically. But is she a threat? So I went ahead and, and went on my school library website and did a little quick search as to some events that have happened in, in the um, Capitol. Uh, 1856, of course, uh, a, a pro-slavery Democrat um, beat up uh, Charles Sumter as a, a GOP senator from Massachusetts on the Senate floor and nearly beat him unconscious uh, with his cane um, because he was uh, uh, speaking out against slavery. 1860, uh, pro-slavery Democrats uh, threatened anti-slavery members of Congress uh, while speaking out. 1954, four Puerto Ricans fired on the House of Representatives. 1971, the Weather Underground uh, blew up a bomb while the Congress was in recess. Now, if you're wondering, Weather Underground, Weather Underground, um, two of the Weather Underground founders were uh big cheerleaders of Barack Obama. They were professors of Barack Obama, and they helped get him involved in politics, just FYI. Um, and then 1983, a group called the Armed Resistance uh, um, had uh, threatened uh, the Capitol building as well. 1812, right after the Capitol was built, the British burned it or uh, set it on fire. Um, but other than that, there's been other incidents, but those are just the major incidents that I could find. Uh, just FYI information, you know. Um, so she might want to check, you know, which party is going to be the threatening party there. And she's worried about this uh, congresswoman from Colorado uh, and her carrying her handgun for protection in a city that is known for its crime. Um that after all, a city that allowed the cap the January sixth riots. I mean, can we say that? Yeah, we can. And I'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, first order of business on October fifteenth in a town hall meeting with uh, with uh, little Georgie Stephanopoulos. Um. Vice President Biden, surprisingly enough, isn't it, is the one who said that he would never do executive orders because that's what a dictator would do. Um, we He's been in for just over a week now, 
and over 37 executive actions, over 24 executive orders, I believe, set a record. I think President Trump at this time had four. 37, four. Just FYI. Um, so let's move on, shall we? Because I, like I said, we do have a lot of things to talk about. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, 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 transgenders and sports. I'm just not. I'm just going to hit it real briefly, and then move on. Um, simply because Title IX truly is at risk with with what is going on in the House with their the the Equality Act, which is going to eliminate any kind of gender discrimination. Um, uh, the House has already set rules that no law will have uh, gender language in it. I don't know how you can, by the way, pass a Violence Against Women Act without using gender language, but hey, go, you know, whatever it takes. Um, you know, there's a big battle. You know, people like to paint the LGBTQ plus uh, community as, as one big happy family, but they're not. Um, they use this ugly term. It's called TERFs. Um, I believe uh, trans exclusion, uh, trans transgender exclusion, excluding radical feminists, uh, le uh, lesbians, and other feminists uh, like to go on uh, uh, rampages. Is what the transgender community says regarding uh, uh, transgender rights, particularly when it comes to things like sports and, and, you know, feeling safe in their bathrooms when somebody who doesn't have to do anything other than say, oh, I'm identifying as a woman today, gets to use their restroom or gets to go into their prison. You know, somebody convicted of rape um, well, I, I identify as a woman now, so they get sent to a woman's prison. Um, you know, they, they like to try to portray themselves as a big, uh, as a united community, but they're certainly not. Um, the DOJ, uh, Department of Justice, well, back to business as usual, you know, spying on uh, Republicans and other people working against the Republicans and conservatives in general. Um Okay, let's see here. Um, did you know that the New York Attorney General's office uh, is reporting that nursing home deaths in the state of New York were underreported by as much as 50%? These are COVID deaths, by the way. I didn't. I wasn't very clear about that. Um, were underreported during the first round of, of COVID. Now, you may not know this, but um, the governor of New York, Andrew Fredo Cuomo, he uh, had signed an executive order. Uh, the official policy was that once patients were on the recovery from COVID, that they were put into assisted living facilities and nursing homes, whether or not those facilities were equipped to uh, provide safety for their own members and the result was devastating of course that that regulation has been taken down has been wiped clean uh, from the New York public health website but the damage is already done and now the New York State Attorney General said that the death toll from that policy is likely 50% higher than what has already been reported just FYI on that 
not that that probably means anything, you know, blue state, typical thing. Um, speaking though of, of, of power politics, um, you know, the, the teachers unions are resisting mightily in certain states and probably nationally, they'd lo love to do it of going back to school. Uh, actually in school, they're, they're fighting tooth and toenail to do that. And if there's anybody that the Democratic Party listens to, it's the teachers' unions. And so even though they've already spent, you know, the, la the first time around $65 billion in COVID relief uh, to help make sure that schools were safe to return, even though the CDC back in July say it said that schools were minimal risk and that there was no reason kids should not be in school, even though uh, St. Fauci, uh, St. Anthony Fauci, the whatever he is, mask, no mask, triple mask, Fauci said that schools should be open and that even so far to say the da damage being done by kids not being in schools um, is worse than, than, than the COVID. Uh, the teachers union is probably going to get their way in these big cities and states in particular. No surprise there, of course. Like I said, they, they own the Democratic Party. Um, let's see here. Moving on, let's talk about foreign policy. You know, they talk about, you know, George Washington said that we should not get tangled up in foreign agreements, and he was absolutely right. And one of the worst foreign policy ping-pongs that this country does is in regards to uh, the Mexico, Mexico City Accords, um, where we tie our money for health clinics to the practice of abortion. This is taxpayer money, foreign aid, going to countries for health care. And all we're saying is that you can't practice or advertise abortion in your health clinics if you want the money. So a Republican goes in, first thing he does or she does is put that policy into place. As soon as a Democrat goes in, first thing they do is that they get rid of that policy. And people wonder why um, they think we're crazy in our, our politics. Um, oh, very important. I don't know if you've heard of it. And if you haven't, you should. Larry Elder, who is very outspoken, um, black conservative, has a radio program, lives in California for some idiotic reason. Uh, he made a documentary, which, of course, is being completely snubbed by Hollywood for obvious reasons, because he highlights the black conservatives. And the movie is called Uncle Tom. I would strongly encourage you. I watched it the other night. Strongly encourage you to watch it, to rent it, whatever. Watch it. It's Uncle Tom. It's by Larry Elder and documents the plight uh, of blacks. But it's not from the victim angle because, you know, when, when you go, when you um, highlight 
the victim angle, you excuse everything. And of course, Democrats are particularly good at that. You know, if you're a victim, it's not your fault. Nothing's your fault. Your horrible grades in school are not your fault. You know, why is it that nobody can get decent grades in these schools that get more money per student than any other school in the country? And yet, they're not, their graduates are, are not even at eighth grade levels, but they're still getting diplomas. Go watch Larry Elder's Uncle Tom. And finally, just as a sport note, I uh, was just noted, noting some coverage, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints, two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, likely Drew Brees' last game if the New Orleans Saints lost. Tom Brady, we don't know. The guy is like the Energizer Bunny. Um, 28 million people watched that game. Sounds pretty good. Uh, the year before, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, the same same uh, matchup as far as in the playoffs, 37 million. So you had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, one of which potentially was their last game. I think I don't think Drew Ble- Drew Brees will be back, so likely his last game. Viewership was down eight million uh, from the year before. And so, and what happened? Drew Brees, remember, he took a stand on the Star Spangled Banner, got clobbered by social justice warriors. So, what did he do? He knelt. They really hate Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't, uh, he doesn't talk a lot of politics, but people know that he is friends, at least personally, with Donald Trump. Whether he support, supported him or not, I don't know. But, Tom Brady, I could see, would be the person that would like Donald Trump. I mean, the same kind of a personality, which could be why so many people in the NFL and beyond hate him. Um, All he does is win. Uh, Greatest of all time, in my opinion. And that's not something I give lightly because I held on to John Elway for years, being a Chiefs fan, and I thought John Elway was the best ever. Um, after the Atlanta game, uh, the Atlanta Super Bowl, where New England came back, to me there was nobody better than Tom Brady. Um, now, can he beat the Chiefs? I hope not. But I was hoping that we wouldn't have to face him. I'll, I will say that. It's Snake River Lib. Like us, share us. It'll be posted up on, on the Snake River Lib Facebook page. If you have any questions that you would like for me to answer, be sure to go ahead and go on there. Uh, you can send me a private message if you like or or uh, just post it on the webpage, and I will answer it. These two people know that I, I, will answer the Facebook, I will answer the questions, so please do so. Snake River Lib, good night, and have a great day. We'll talk to you later.